Rangers, welcome to Behind the Paywall with Gravin Kennedy. Yeah. It's another week uh, behind the paywall, and you know what? It's been a while. Uh, we're back at it with some Danger 5, episode 2. Yeah, we're sorry it took a little long, but it's here. Yeah, it turns out, like, you know, figuring out a newborn baby with, like, stomach issues and all this other stuff, like, kind of puts a lot of the shit to the side. I mean, we've kind of, like, had to just readjust our recording schedule, among other things, too, just with other real-life events. It's gotten pretty crazy behind here, right? Yeah, it's been complicated. Uh, I would definitely say your new baby, pretty big deal. (laughs) 12 pounds. You, uh, did you know like stupid. I was a fat baby I was a fat fucking baby like when I was one years old I was 30 pounds damn they called me Gordy I'm skinny and I've been skinny for like a very long time in my life but I was still called Gordy for like a solid eight years I would say <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah um my childhood photos, though, like, my father liked to dress me, like, really nice in some really nice clothing. Uh, just, you know, for events and all this other stuff. He did on a regular basis, too, and then got upset when I dirtied my clothes, even though I was a kid. But it is what it is. Uh, but if you look at pictures of me when I was, like, a, an infant or growing up, like, I have, like, three different looks. <laughs> and it's, like, level five crook. <laughs> <laughs> level, level 100 mob boss it's surprisingly the level 100 mob boss is me as a baby uh, at my baptism i was for yeah, some no. reason dressed up as an italian mob boss there's nothing better than a baby dressed up as a mob boss regardless <laughs> of gender we should dress every baby this way <laughs> like You should just be, every single baby should just be sitting around in a finely made three-piece suit with a little matching handkerchief that matches the tie and shit. Like, (laughs) cuff, cuff links. I had a fucking (laughs) bow tie on. It was ridiculous. I gotta show you that picture in person. Damn, Uh, I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah, and then I I got the traditional, like, uh, the quote-unquote like level 15 thug where I have the rosary gold rosary on with the white tee and shit. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I had like family pictures done of my uh, father and my mom probably at like when I was like, I don't know, maybe still a toddler or something. Um, still chubby. Uh, but I have like a jean jacket on with the jean pants and the jean hat nineties or something. Yeah. My uh, uncle had his high school graduation pick in the early 90s, and he had a faded unibrow, which means it was considered cool at the time. Damn. <laughs> My mom also had a unibrow in her high school graduation picture. Like, that's how you know times changed. They really My- have changed. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like what the only thing that's came back in vogue is like uh, in terms of like body hair has to be like armpit hair in a weird way and not in probably the way that you want it to be. I'm fine with it. Yeah, sure. Right. Like 99 red love balloons. The singer to that. 
What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Danger Five is the show we've been watching. <laughs> Um, if you don't remember exactly what is going on, because it's been a few weeks, uh, Danger 5 is a show where World War II takes place in the swinging 60s with drugs and alcohol and sex everywhere. And armpit hair. And armpit hair. (laughs) It is, uh, definitely one of the more unusual things that we've watched so far in terms of, like, does it truly meet the classifications of our of our podcast? But I think that uh, there are enough Sentai elements. Like, clearly, these folks had seen Battle Fever J. Clearly, they were thinking about some things like that uh, during some moments. And I, I think that episode two will sort of help to build on the idea that like this is going to get more Sentai-ish as it goes, because it does. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty fun episode, all things considered. Um, I will say uh, I did watch this episode twice. The first time, I was really stoned. So, like, time was an enigma? And you know how that shit goes. Right, like, yeah. it, like certain scenes get very elongated, especially if you you're like in distress during them. <laughs> um, however, watching it sober, it was a bit easier to take in this this go around. Yeah, I feel like this is an episode that is just better the second time you see it too. Like the first time you see it, it's a little more jarring. So much happens in it so fast. Yeah. Um, but uh, on the other hand. Uh, you know, it, it, I think that it is a really funny episode. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So basically, episode two kicks off with some soldiers in like a jungle. There's a very homoerotic moment. <laughs> uh, it's explicitly gay, right? Yeah, it's very gay. <laughs> uh, moment. Uh, and it, uh, then one of the soldiers is sent out to go try to lob a grenade at the enemy, but uh, he gets stopped by a dinosaur with a giant swastika on it, which is how you know it belongs to the Nazis. <laughs> um, and eaten. And so uh, apparently this is an ongoing problem, but we'll learn more about that in a second, because, of course, when we get to Danger 5 headquarters, they're just chilling. This is a theme of the show. There's always just a little bit of chilling. Uh, chilling at the headquarters, just having a drink, fucking around, doing whatever. I like this element of the show. Yeah. It's Honestly, I think from, way. like, the get, uh, you just know you're in for some shit, because the dinosaurs themselves looked... It's like clay. Is it claymation? What is that? A lot of it's like some kind of claymation, and it's pretty well done. But it's also kind of funny looking. (laughs) Yeah, but it's like the best claymation I've ever seen. It's really yeah. No, it's like it's good. It's shockingly good. Um. Yeah, they use claymation for a bunch of it. They use some other tricks too. They they always do really good shit with miniatures in this show. I don't know who they had supervising that stuff but they did a great job and probably didn't get paid enough yeah so the 
the Danger Five crew, they're hanging out at headquarters. Um, and uh, they get some magazines uh, and other things in the mail. Pierre gets a record from the Afro-Cuban, ri- ri- uh, Afro-Cuban Rhythm Club, which will become an important theme for this episode. <laughs> but I want to mention really quick first that uh, uh, this scene has the famous sensible chuckle meme in it. Yeah, so if you ever see that gif on Twitter, it comes from Danger 5, which is, like, very weird to think about. Not a super well-known fact, I've found, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's one of those things, too, where it's like, in this case, it's not just, like, some little gag out of context. It's like, no, this is from an actually really weird show. (laughs) You should check it out. (laughs) Um, But uh, when Pierre puts on the music... uh, the syncopated rhythms upset Tucker's white sensibility, and Tucker shoots the the record player, nearly hitting one of his team members in the process. Several of them have to duck to avoid the shot. Yeah, it was like an extremely racist reaction to it. You yeah, just no, know it was racially charged, him, basically. Yeah. Um, it's pretty wild. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> this becomes an important theme of this episode. Tucker is being weird and racist and angry towards Pierre for no apparent reason for much of this episode, but he learns a lesson, uh, and becomes a better person. So that's, that's something we're going to see a bit of as this goes on. Um, so basically the general shows up. And says, hey, there's Nazi dinosaurs. You got to figure out what the fuck's going on. Um, Danger 5 head off to France. And there's Nazi dinosaurs there. There's like a triceratops with uh, machine guns on its horns. Fucking brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) This shit is so fun. Nazi banner draped over it. (laughs) Um, Jackson and Ilsa find themselves in like this apartment or house or something. And there's like... A guy in a, a shitty pterodactyl suit from the waist up, like, sexually assaulting a woman. Uh, and then, like, he, like, breaks a bottle and, like, starts attacking Jackson with it. It's just so insane. <laughs> These scenes are so much fun. Yeah. And you start to see that, like, Jackson and Ilsa are this power couple, right? Well, they're definitely hot for each other. They have a they have kind of like a toxic complex romance, which is pretty funny when you think about, you know, United States Soviet Union relationship and some of their actions maybe being a metaphor for that. Um Uh yeah, so Jackson and Ilsa think that they're about to die at one point and have a moment. Um one of my favorite moments in the episode where uh, Ilsa says, damn, I thought I'd always die of alcohol poisoning. Jackson looks over to the right. There's a little bar tray like on the table next to him. And he goes, there's still time. <laughs> <sighs> I'm just thinking about the concept of the show. And it has to be like, okay, this is like a, like a 60s television show before television ratings, right? So you just have to be like, fun for the whole family. <laughs> And it's just the actors constantly getting drunk on their ass. 
trying to act and shit. You love to see it. They get rescued, though. They don't die. Claire, who often leads sort of the scientific part of, or like the mystery-solving part of the show, uh, cuts open the head of the pterodactyl guy, and there's like a weird crystal in there. She's like, hmm, this might be the source of our troubles. Uh, so then we jump to, they're in the Danger 5 plane, which is like a classic 60s spy plane. <laughs> like, no seat belts, lots of alcohol. <laughs> Honestly, I, that's, that's the way planes should be, right? If the Fuck plane goes no. down, you don't need that seat belt. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. I've ridden the plane way too many times where the fucking nose dives at an angle and you're just like, come on, son. <laughs> where, where did you learn to fly Atari Jaguar voice? <laughs> and uh, basically, Claire is scanning the crystal, and she's like, hey, this, this computer also tells us where the, the crystal came from, and then we can go there. And Pierre's really excited. He's like, hey, maybe it came from somewhere... Uh, maybe it came from somewhere tropical. Maybe it came from somewhere cool. Maybe we'll have to go somewhere cool. Exciting. And he's trying to get everybody worked up. And Tucker in particular is just like giving Pierre the cold fucking shoulder. He is not into Pierre t- right now. He's about uh, to call him a slur. <laughs> he just doesn't know what slur to call him. He's like. <laughs> Visibly irritated. Just like can't stand the thought of being somewhere that it's not currently a, col- a British colony. Uh, so where did the crystals come from? They came from Antarctica. Womp womp. So the team heads towards Antarctica. Uh, but then as they get close to the, their destination, everything gets fucking crazy. Uh, the planes, they start losing control of it for some reason. They do their best like Star Trek shimmy and shake. Shake the camera around shit. It's, 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 it's actually a very fun scene. You could tell they're really enjoying it. <laughs> Fear <laughs> in particular is just going nuts. <laughs> um, I think Pierre has the most fun in the show, right? He a lot of the time seems the most excited to be here. However, I think as the episodes go on, you'll see that uh, Jackson also is maybe having the most fun of anyone here at certain times. Oh, I'm sure. So the plane crashes, and they find themselves in a jungle. So apparently in the center of Antarctica, surrounded by an ice wall, is a secret jungle with dinosaurs in it. Um, checkmate, round earthers. You didn't know shit. Uh, this feels like it was affected by the grid somehow. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, there's, there's these things that start to feel kind of Sentai-ish in a weird way. Like a secret plateau of dinosaurs? Tell me that's not Power Rangers as fuck. It's really Power Rangers. (laughs) They start to try to figure out, okay, we got to maybe find some food, find some shelter. We don't know where we are exactly. We're somewhere in Antarctica in this secret jungle. You know, uh, this is all fucked up. This is crazy. Uh, And so uh, they start to discuss, like, splitting up to find things that they need. And Tucker's like, well, I'm going to go hunt. Who wants to come hunt with me? Pierre wants to go hunting with Tucker. 
And Tucker is very annoyed by this, but ultimately concedes that, fine, Pierre, you can come with me. The other three uh, start looking for some firewood and stuff, but then they get distracted when they find a natural hot spring. Ooh. Nature's jacuzzi. (laughs) Jackson says that, right? (laughs) Yeah, classic line. So uh, Ilsa and Jackson jump into the hot spring right away. Um, they have to kind of coax Claire in, who is a little more shy. Uh, but they manage to do it. It's a very <laughs> incredible scene. Ex- extremely horny scene. <laughs> so horny. Jackson and Ilsa are like stripped to like their underwear. And or they're telling nothing? Yeah, potentially nothing. Because I think like what the branch, the branches <laughs> cover Ilsa or something. It's like it's like a combination of like kind of tree branches and her being just enough under the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're telling Ilsa, they're coaxing Ilsa to come in and they're like trying to get Ilsa to get completely naked. Claire. Sorry, Claire, completely naked. And uh they're both just like take it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Claire is like, well, I'll get down to like my bra and panties, but I'm not I'm not going any further than that. And they tease her. They're like, you've never done anything more than that in your life. And she's like, does my uncle count? <laughs> yes. The only person I've been naked in front of is my uncle, which is just a throwaway line that we don't get more about. It's a little distressing. <laughs> Very distressing. <laughs> so uh, they get in the hot springs. They're chilling. They're having drinks, too, which is like. You got to love how, like, even in the jungle, somehow they're just producing cocktails. <laughs> and then uh, a dinosaur comes up behind them. Oh, no. But someone shows up uh, to shoot the dinosaur. A friendly scientist man who gives a totally not fake name uh, and is like, yeah, I'm a science guy. I, I love science. That's-, that's me. That's all I'm about. Just science. Nothing else. The uh, I just want to call them rangers. <laughs> <laughs> dangers <laughs> <laughs> so the the three the three super spies that were in the hot spring decide well we'll go to this guy's science compound he's got food and stuff goulash yeah goulash that was your that was your first hint that's your first clue yeah something's wrong uh, <laughs> he also th- that amazing line the uh where he's, he's like ladies I know you're getting tired. Why don't you come retire to my base? And, he, and Jax is like, what do you mean by lady? Who are you calling a lady? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jackson has some great lines. He says some really, some really fun, <laughs> weird stuff. Yeah. This is what I meant. We were talking earlier about who's, who's most excited to like be here on this show. You'll notice that line. If you go back and watch it again, he smiles a little bit towards the end of the delivery. Like he's trying not to crack up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you calling a lady? Who are you calling a lady? <laughs> <laughs> it's Jackson so good. Is such a ridiculous stereotype of an American man. It's so perfect. They get back to uh, uh, the base and hang out there. They start to see that Maybe something's wrong because uh, the science guy whispers something to his dinosaur servant about not having a crystal in his head and 
blah, blah, which makes Claire a little curious. So Claire's like, hey, can we go ahead and use the radio room? Uh, we should try to contact our friends. When they get in there, though, the radio is unplugged. And they look at the plug, and it's a swastika. It's a German plug. Yeah, they don't say Nazi plug. They just say it's a German plug. <laughs> it's a German plug. Uh, um, and then the room fills with gas. And we cut over to Tucker and Pierre. They've been captured by, like, some warrior women. <laughs> some kind of, like, jungle... <laughs> women with spears. I don't know exactly what's going on. This is an They're like white change, Amazon okay? women. Yeah. Like white Amazon women. Yeah, and they commun they can communicate to each other through this really disgusting like <laughs> alien tentacle, <laughs> like from the movie Alien Tentacle coming out and attaching itself to your head. And speaking to you, quote unquote, I guess telepathically? Question mark, question mark, question mark, unquote. The great and, thing about and, this is it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, and Tucker, I guess, was given like a, a mouthful of milk. <laughs> and it was just like act fucking crazy and fucking make your eyes roll back to your head and pretend like you're dying from cyanide. And Tucker's just <laughs> spitting out milk onto his naked chest. <laughs> I'm like, bro, that shit gets mad sticky, homie. I know it's it must have felt gross. Scene. It's such a funny scene. And Pierre's like, what did she say? <laughs> it's like, it's just like, I'm not helping you because you're a woman. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's again, so I just want to really drive home that the knowledge tube. It doesn't Stop. show you images. Yeah, she could have just whispered just it to him. hear the words. She could have just spoken them aloud to him. And really, the only purpose of this is so that Tucker can keep being a dick to Pierre. Yeah. Pierre's like, what's going on? Maybe we should help them with something? Or maybe, you know, maybe we should just, you know, try to, you know, make peace with the, 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 the mysterious warrior women of the jungle. <laughs> And, also, they're uh, both Tucker's after the like, same thing, technically, right? Huh? They're both after the same thing, technically, right? Because they both want to get rid of, uh, what's his name? The evil doctor. Or the evil yeah. scientist. Yeah. So, like, they should be on the same side anyway. And T Pierre's just like, maybe we can work something out. And Tucker's like, no, I got the information. Shut up, Pierre. <laughs> Basically. Um, and Tucker's like, yeah, we won't help you. Basically, the, the message that they get is that... Um, Joseph Mengele is, you know, he's, he's the Reich scientist. And he's, that's who the science guy is. And uh, the warrior women want to take him out. But they can't make peace with their old enemies, the ape men. And so they're like, can you go see the ape men? Make a deal. Tucker's like, no. <laughs> uh... So then they're like, okay, death by snooze snoo. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, wait, no, we'll help you. Yeah, they have this like terrifying cheetah woman. At first they were like, oh, hell yeah, until they got a look of her face. Yeah, her face is scary. 
Yeah, it do be scary. <coughs> I can't do it. Yeah, they're like, yeah, uh, Sheba, this cheetah woman, she's gonna mate with you and then eat you. <laughs> no, I can't do it. And Tucker's like, okay, all right, we'll do what you want. <laughs> um, we get back to Joseph Mengele's base, and basically, uh, we wake up to everything is wrong um we're at some kind of fighting pit and uh joseph's got claire like chained to a chair next to him to watch as uh uh jackson and ilsa have to fight monsters in the pit um this is a this is a very sentai moment too because as the monsters come into the fighting pit they get this like classic sentai introduction with the text on the screen and everything <laughs> yeah so you have king zaro and michael ten the two mighty undefeated champions of the arena yeah i mean i want to say it's like santo but also like the only piece of 70s action movie reference i have is santo the silver mask <laughs> Hmm, getting very Santo vibes from this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Say that much. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great. The, the fight in the pit is brutal. There's like also some warrior women from the jungle in there with them, and they get killed horribly. Yeah, like the rhino dude, the reason why the rhino dude died was because he threw his spear down, which let Jackson grab the spear, just so that way the rhino could, like, get its horns through the, the Amazon women. Yeah. Make that of it what you will. Uh, but it ended up causing his death anyway, so... Based? Be creepy to women and die. That's the moral of Danger 5. Yeah. It is the one major reoccurring moral that is in every episode. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like... the other There was two Amazon women. One of them died from getting their head just completely ripped off. Yeah. Uh in like a really kind of gruesome way actually even though it's <laughs> fake. Uh and then uh the other one of course uh gets rammed through uh by the rhino's horn. But then like both of them eat shit horribly too. Cuz Jackson grabs the spear that the rhino uh do let go of to uh I guess stab him through the back killing him. And then the other one had like a long snake head. Yeah, and he was breathing fire, and then Ilsa just breathes fire back harder. Using the vodka that she drinks. Yeah. It's pretty based. <laughs> yeah, and torches him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, this this scene was, like, pretty, pretty fucking, pretty fucking gruesome to watch, because, like, there was, there's, like, quite a lot of blood and gore in this one. There, There's unexpected gore in this show sometimes, and it's, like... It's because it feels so cartoony. It's just shocking at certain moments in like that way of like certain like Adult Swim cartoons or things like that. that yeah, there's another successfully do that. There's another moment like later on in this episode too that gets kind of like pretty gruesome as well. Yeah. Um. So. So Jackson and Elsa win the fight, which frustrates Joseph Mengele, but uh. He basically takes them all back to confinement, and we move on. Uh, in the meantime, um, 
he takes Claire back to his bedroom and is super creepy with her and basically tries to get her to sleep with him in exchange for not killing Jackson and Ilsa. And Claire is like kind of reluctantly agreeing, but she's also trying to figure out how to like knock him out because he's got all these chemicals in his bedside nightstand. <laughs> it felt like this part wanted to be black and white. What do you mean? Like in terms of like the way it worked out, because as soon as she put the drops into the dude's uh, liquor, like you saw the discoloration. <laughs> it was so obviously tainted. It's like this ain't a black and white television show, you know? Yeah, and I mean, he smells it immediately. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't work at all. And uh, he decides he's going to punish Claire by doing something bad to her friends. And he runs off to his lab, um, leaving her knocked out. We cut from there to the eight men who have like an underground jazz club. <laughs> that's, how, that's how this show goes. <laughs> it's a pretty funny bit, if I'm, um, I'm not lying. Yeah, they do, they do a good job with it overall. <laughs> There's a lot of funny lines. Tucker and Pierre get in, get in here and they're trying to, you know, do what they promised the warrior women, try to unite the warrior women with the ape men, defeat Joseph Mengele. Tucker is like not into the jazz. He's not into the scene. He's being difficult. He's not making friends. He's upsetting the ape men. And Pierre decides, okay, this is my time to shine. He sneaks over to the bongos while no one's looking and starts a little jam going. And he gets the eight men all calmed down by jamming with them. Um, and this funky jam, uh, as it goes on at first, Tucker is upset as he watches this. Like He's having the same reaction as he did earlier when Pierre put on the Afro-Cuban Rhythm Club uh, record. And so he's, he's, he's upset at first, but... He starts to kind of slowly warm up as he listens. And then by the end, he's actually like getting into it and getting excited. And uh, when Pierre comes off the stage, Tucker's like, damn, Pierre, I was wrong and racist before. It's really cool that you can play the drums so well. I want to learn more about this. He grows as a person. Yeah. Pierre also like his hands light up on fire when he's done. <laughs> yeah. Because he was, he was slapping hot fire. It was a pretty amazing scene. I loved it. <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, Tucker's realization, he's like, oh, I was being racist now, is <laughs> just pretty hilarious, too. Um, it is. It's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the eight minute first, are not like entirely convinced that they should get involved in the conflict. And then Pierre's like, hey, listen, they're going to put music in a camp. <laughs> and then boom, they're just all holding guns. Mystic Force. Let's go. <laughs> Mystic Force. <laughs> See, I told you, it, there's, this is a lot of Power Rangers comparisons to be made here. <laughs> you, st you start watching and they just start to sneak in. At this point, like, uh, they're going to be able to put the plan together, maybe. But we'll come back to that in a second. Because in the meantime, uh, Joseph Mengele uh, 
has a guest. Hitler has arrived at the compound to check on things. Um, and Joseph Mengele is showing him around. And then he's like, hey, do you want to... Do you want to watch a bit of blood sport in my arena? And takes Hitler down there, not knowing that once Hitler gets there and sees Claire, Hitler immediately handcuffs Claire to himself and is like, this is my girlfriend now. Mengele comes in and is like, what's going on? Hitler informs him of the situation. And then he's like starting to get mad and Hitler's like, go make your own girl. <laughs> Listen up, nerd. Go make a girl. <laughs> Incredible. Just the ultimate own that you can ever tell a nerd. Uh. So, meanwhile, down in the pit, who's down there? It's Jackson, but there's no one else there with him. Who's coming to fight him? It's Ilsa, but she's been turned evil. See, I told you this is a Power Ranger. They even do it like the Power Rangers, like she's got evil or makeup. <laughs> They're having fun. Jackson <laughs> um, and Ilsa start to have this knockdown drag out fight because Ilsa is being mind controlled by the crystal. And so he can't get through to her no matter how hard he tries. Um, Ilsa's going hard in the paint, by the way. Yeah, she's ready to kill. Yeah. She like wraps his head in her lasso. <laughs> and yeah. like starts to strangle him starts choking him out yeah um in the meantime tucker and pierre were successful in uniting the two groups they needed to unite so outside of joseph mangala's place they're preparing an assault um and they're setting up all this dynamite uh the eight men insist that dynamite adam knows what he's doing he does not know what he's doing. The explosion is too big and it sets off the volcano. <laughs> Literally, they, they say, nobody knows dynamite like Dynamite Adam. And then they pan over to this guy who's just holding a, a armloads of dynamite, throwing them onto a huge pile and just cackling maniacally. <laughs> and more dynamite's like slipping out of his arms. <laughs> Can't hold all the dynamite. It's too much dynamite. They attack Joseph Mengele's compound. Uh, things start to get chaotic. Um, Joseph Mengele and Hitler fight over Claire for a moment. And uh, Hitler ends up deciding that it doesn't seem worth it once Claire gets a, a hold of a gun. Um, she shoots Joseph, who does not immediately die. He gets pissed at first. And it seems like maybe he's going to shoot her. But then uh, Keiko, his, his servant dinosaur, attacks him and is like, No, I love Claire. <laughs> And Claire's just disgusted. Yeah. What what a what a twist. What a twist you didn't see coming. <laughs> but this kind of sort of leads into a full-on mutiny, right? Things are just getting out of control at this point, yeah. And then um once the crystal gets destroyed, uh, cause Tucker and Claire take off to destroy the the crystal once uh some of that gets resolved. Uh, Joseph Mengele gets torn apart by the, the dinosaurs that were serving him because of the mind-controlled crystal. That's when the it's gore ripped really out. serious. Yeah, guts fucking ripped out. You saw it up close, too. There was like a shot. It was just his stomach getting ripped out. <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, I remember it explicitly, actually. It kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> 
Yeah, it has like a red filter over it too. The whole entire scene has a red filter over it. It's intense. Um, but also, Joseph Mengele was super creepy. So you kind of feel like, okay, you got what you deserve. Yep. Um, Hitler gets away by jumping out a window again. And the team basically kind of wrap up as the crystal gets destroyed. Um, Ilsa comes back to her senses, wakes up Jackson, who is like passed out. And she's like concerned, you know, that like he might be dead or something almost kind of is the vibe. And then like he gets up and <laughs> best line of the episode. <laughs> He's like, what? What was wrong with you back there? And she's like, There's, there was something in my head. And he goes, there's always something in your head. <laughs> they get outside the compound. And uh, Tucker tries to hit on Claire. And she's like, well, someone would have to put something on this finger first. And he puts a cigarette in her hand. He's <laughs> like, try this. And she just walks away disgusted. Having been disgusted with every man in this episode, pretty much. Honestly, that had to be the funniest moment to me. <laughs> the out of nowhere cigarette in her hand was just hilarious. He was like, it looks perfect on you. <laughs> That's the episode. This is a good, just a, just a good, good time that you can't understand hardly the first time you see it because so many things just happen out of nowhere, but. What was the product that was advertised in this one? A Swiss Army Knife guitar? Yeah. Fun stuff. I actually really like the end advertisements. It, it's it so outlandish sell, and funny. It helps to sell it as like this fake period thing. Yeah, for sure. Versus like mistaking it for, potentially mistaking it for the real thing. No, I just mean like in terms of, it, it just helps to like <laughs> sell it as like, they want it to feel like, it's this goofy 60s show from like back before there were rules about television. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just helps you to like stay in that mindset about like that's the kind of show this is. I got you. So that's episode two. What would you rate it? You go first. Okay. Uh, the second time around definitely helped me a lot more. I would say this is probably. Yeah, this is probably an eight. I enjoyed it a lot. Really, my my biggest issue was Mangala being just too creepy. Uh, his scene where he, at the very least, sexually harasses uh, Claire, mm -hmm. uh, was just two to three voice lines too far. Uh, there was like a certain cutoff point that I'm like, all right, this is like getting a little bit too intense. Um, but other than that, the rest of it was pretty great. Uh, I really like Jackson and Ilsa's sort of developing relationship. That stuff's pretty fun. Not as much like on the nose misogyny this time around. And it is, it, it was, uh, the sensible chuckle thing. I think Jackson's whole, uh, realization that he was being racist without explicitly saying so in the show. Uh, and the fact that like Pierre was listening to Afro-Cuban music and that's what set it off was very interesting to me like that's sort of like huh okay you know they've done they've done some research into to some of these lines here there's uh, subtle commentary in some of this stuff that 
some of it I do wish was a little bit more explicit, maybe, but you still have to appreciate, like, hmm, they were thinking about, like, international relations when they were writing some of these lines that feel just sort of like whatever. Yeah, the first time around was definitely more, like, fever dreamy to me. Uh, like I said, this one was better, better sober. Um, so I think if I, the, the first time around, I probably would have rated this like a six or 6.5, but the second time around, I'm, I'm actually landing on an eight. I enjoyed this quite a bit. I think I'm pretty inclined to agree. I might even go as far as 8.5 just cause there's a couple of jokes in here that just, no matter how many times I watch this episode, make me laugh. And I think that's pretty admirable. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mostly agree with, like, your, your take on it. Um, it's a really fun episode, and it has a lot of great moments. The Mangala stuff is a little creepy, and also, and just a little bit too long, like you said. Like, if that scene was, like, a line shorter, <laughs> make so much difference. <laughs> yeah, it was just, uh, like, it, it started to leave a, a pretty bad taste. Uh, and then the other thing is, yeah, it's just uh, the episode jumps around all over the place so much uh, with the storytelling that it can leave you feeling a little lost in the sauce. Oh, yeah. Like, how did this character wind up there, et cetera? Yeah, there's yeah, just a little yeah, of that I was kind of I was kind of like, all right, like how like what is Mangala's like fortress layout here? <laughs> Because, like, it kind of like seemed like it was huge, right? Fight chamber. <laughs> yeah, it just it just seemed huge. Because, like, it, it was like... They got split apart pretty early. And then one one area went to a different whole section of the, of the, the jungle land. And then uh, the, the other area was Mangala's Fortress. So it just kind of seemed like there was a... A little bit of a disconnect of putting the group together, especially so quickly. Also, the whole time skip from like, okay, Jackson and Ilsa get put into the confinement into Ilsa being suddenly like mind controlled was a little bit jarring too. Yeah, so we don't like, huh? Like a scene where Ilsa is like in the lab getting the crystal put in her head. And of course, like they kind of want it to be a little bit of a surprise, I think. So. Maybe that scene wouldn't have added necessarily, but the point is, is that it's just a lot of things are jarring, and there's not a lot of clean transitions. Yeah, uh, the 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 time, the way time worked in this episode was a little wonky. But that said, it's a very goofy show, so you can forgive some of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is I why think the I'll jokes be... really, really landed this time around for sure. Some of the jokes in this episode are just so strong. You have to you have to give it credit for that. So, yeah, that's episode two. Yeah, we'll that's be, episode we'll be back two. For the next one. Yeah, and we'll see you behind the paywall. <laughs>